You guys ready? Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. Hold on. Okay. Yeah, we're ready. There you go. There you go. Got the Satan okay. sausage. Yes, correct. <laughs> it's like backstage, but there's no stage. It's the standby for places green room. Welcome to In the Green Room. Hey guys, and welcome back to In the Green Room. Today we are discussing On the Table, a new audio piece, and we've kind of got the whole Motley crew here. So if you guys wouldn't mind just jumping in and introducing yourselves and sharing what part you played in uh, putting this production together. Dunya, you want to start? Sure. Um, my name is Dunya, and I am the director and editor of this piece. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm Diana Arnold. I uh, wrote and conceived this piece and also perform it. Yes. Hi, I'm Morgan and I performed in this piece. Hi, I'm Ken. Uh, I also performed in this piece and uh, I'm in a unique position with Diana where we um, we have been working on this piece together, me in the role of director uh, for a few years in different uh, in, in different capacities, uh, different kinds of spaces where we've performed and adapted this piece over the years. But this time, I uh, I was an actor in the piece, which is my first time being in that role. It was really fun. You've yeah. never you've never acted in the piece before. No, no, I've only been a director. Oh, wow. What was that like to to step from one side of the table to the other side? Super fun. Uh, I know, you know, I know the piece so intimately. Uh, that it was uh, it was fun to be able to just like hop back there, and uh, it's kind of like Diana speaks at one point early in this piece about what it's like her first time going from in front of the counter to behind the counter uh, when she worked as a waitress or worked in service for the first time, and it was sort of a similar uh, little walk for me from you know behind the table at a distance to like stepping in the piece with her. It was very fun. Uh, Morgan, have, is this your first time performing in this piece? Um, in this capacity, yes. I know Diana turned her piece into a film recently, and it is amazing. But I got to do a smaller part in that, in one of the scenes, and that was incredible. Oh, amazing. I, I, I want to see it, please, especially because the, the piece has such great descriptions of um, delicious food and like wine pairings and um, things that I personally, as someone who loves eating, very much enjoyed. Uh, so I, I'd love to see that explored in a visual medium. Yeah, well, you can catch it at the New York Shorts International Film Festival, which starts November 2nd. Um, so it'll be streaming there and available live at the City Cinemas East if you want to go see it. It's available That's for awesome. You. Okay, yeah. it's coming up. You heard. Go see it. Go see the yeah. movie. Um, and also listen to this fantastic audio production. Um, yeah. Did you develop it as an audio production or was it? Yeah, I mean, it's so funny, these introductions, right? Like this piece has had so much life. Um, it actually started off as a 20 minute poem that I performed downtown at the Parkside Lounge um, at like midnight after shifts. And I would wear an apron and kind of talk a little bit about my night at work and kind of find this voice of a waitress. Um, and from there, Ken is also uh, 
in addition to being super talented, he also was a regular at my restaurant that I was working at at the time. Um, and he would come in, the restaurant had just opened on Sunday nights with his partner. And um, it was sort of through our relationship that I got really inspired to say, hey, maybe we can elongate this. Maybe we can make this a piece of theater. Maybe we can give this a beginning, a middle and an end. And Ken, as you know, I have to say, really helped me find that, you know, um, which is I think which distinguishes um, a poem or a piece from like an audio play, right? Mm -hmm. There's different acts, there's progression. And if we're lucky, a little bit of catharsis. Um, so yeah, it's been four years since I wrote that poem. And um, it's just a little bit of a poem itself, this audio play. So really excited to have people finally just be able to listen to it. Being in a restaurant is such an auditory experience. So much clanging, there's so much all around. There's bits of conversations, you miss this, you get that. So I'm really excited to work with Dunya in this iteration and bring new eyes and you know, you're in service and you, you're in service every night right now. You're in the thick of it. And then to get your eyes and your heart on this piece is, has been really exciting for us all. Yeah. It's, it's cool. definitely been fun. <laughs> Dunia and I have, have worked in restaurants together for many years and um, she's still currently doing it. So Dunia, what was it like for you to approach this piece, knowing what a, what a veteran of the restaurant industry that you are? Well, it's, it's always surprising. It definitely always keeps you on your toes. So it's nice to have some type of representation of um, what happens behind the scenes at a restaurant, especially because, you know, in the piece, Diana refers to it as a very transparent, like procedure. I'm a waitress. There's nothing that I'm hiding from you. It's all pretty transparent, but the transactions that happen in between the different moments between staff, between like a bartender and server, between patrons, all of those are so nuanced and new and beautiful um, that it's nice to kind of give that a representation uh, mm. through this piece. Uh, and it's also like a nice way to, to meld two worlds that I love very much. Like I wouldn't be doing what I do as much as I can bitch and moan about it. I still wouldn't be doing it if, if there wasn't an aspect of it that I loved. And, and this kind of piece humbles me in that way uh, and reminds me, oh yeah, no, this can be cool. This can be fun. Uh, so it was a really great opportunity that I didn't want to miss. Yeah, I was, I was struck by how positive uh, the tone was and how mm. much love for the experience of working in a restaurant there was uh, because I, I don't do it anymore. Um, and often when I remember it, I, I think about, you know, the, the couple that stiffed me on their check or like the time a lady threw a sandwich at me or like, you know, all of the hilarious, but not necessarily positive experiences. And it's, um, it was a nice reminder to um, listen to the descriptions of the sights and the smells and the sounds and the camaraderie and the jokes and the the way that the transaction as you say can can become a really special connection and it kind of has me rethinking my my times wearing an apron that is so kind and so so good to hear i 
really appreciate that. And it is the crux of this piece, right? It is about the joy of it. It is about why do we do this? You know, why do we do this? And we can carry that question with us in all aspects. But for me, I wrote this in the middle of the night when I would come home from work after mm -hmm. a shift. This is what this is. This was me being like, why are, why are you doing this? Why are your blood, sweat, and tears on everyone's table? Dig deep because there's a really profound reason why. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to do it. And the fact that that speaks to you through this piece before even hearing it means so, so much. I, like Jenya mentioned, want to give a voice to the waitress. We don't have one. Suddenly you hear someone else say something and makes you feel like you just said differently about your own experiences. That is the most joyful thing for a writer to hear. And um, it was through so many hardships, so much trauma in some senses, repetitive every night, all the time, mm -hmm. that creates a vulnerability in us. And I found myself getting a bit hardened. Ken can mm -hmm. attest, he saw me over the years at this restaurant change a little bit because you have to protect yourself in this work as well, especially as a woman. Um, and yet you can't, you know, it is the love of something that keeps us going. So it's exciting. It's exciting. There's a lot of complaining in it, but it's also like, I do this because it sparks something within me that touches other people. What is that? It's connection. It's the ability that we get to connect in a city of 8 million people with 300 people a night if we want, and that we can take that outside of the restaurant doors and keep connecting with people. And Ken, Dunya, Morgan are all examples of people who you've crossed over that table, that bar barrier with. Mm -hmm. That is real life. And that is really special. Well, it's really interesting that you and Ken's connection developed with uh, as a regular uh, server kind of relationship because those can be really special. Dunya and I talk about like her friendships with her regulars and and my own experiences with that and it can be kind of a, a, a sacred bond. Yeah, as you say, absolutely, absolutely. Morgan, um, have you had restaurant experience? Yeah, I've been working in restaurants since I moved here, so a couple years now. I. I've done no other work, no other, you know, side job ever. It's just been waitressing, it's just been hosting, back waiting. So yeah, I related a lot to this piece and I'm a lot like you and where I, it's easy to find the negativity in this work. That's the easy part, but right. piece really forces you to dig deep and realize, you know, there are other jobs out there that you could do. So what's another reason besides money that you mm -hmm. do in this industry. Well, and I liked that um, that reason was also addressed. Like you do give credence to the many reasons people people work in the service industry. And there is a myriad and it can change from day to day. Mm -hmm. um, Ken, have you have you worked in restaurants too or was your experience mainly as a as a patron? Uh, my experience is mainly as a patron. I, I, um, I've never, I've never waited tables, but I did work in service a bit. Like I worked, uh, I worked in a coffee shop. I worked in a health food store. Um, and you know, those were, those were seminal experiences for me for sure. Uh, but it, you know, I mean, I had to interface with customers and, and I was in service, but it was, it wasn't waiting tables. So it was a little, it was different. 
But in this case, uh, where Diana and I met, she was a waitress and I was a customer and we developed this relationship over time. And then when she was like, hey, I've written this piece, come and see it. And I was like, all right, let's go, let's go see. And then to find that the, I didn't know what I was walking into. Turns out the piece was about the environment where we met, you know, it was in fact, you know, in fact, there's a, a, a section in the piece where she talks about regulars um, and talks about how regulars are amazing and also like crazy and lonely and strange and usually drunks. Uh, so there, it was it was so fun for me to, to go there and be like, oh, wow, like I feel a little bit nailed at the same time that I feel <laughs> seen and uh, appreciated and it was so exciting to hear that she was processing the experience of being a waitress and the the relationship that specifically that she and I had mm. um, to hear her expand upon it and muse on it and uh, um, and think about it poetically and symbolically uh, was was really exciting. I found that to be. Um, it, it opened my eyes to a lot of what it is to live in a city like New York that is so fundamentally a restaurant city. Mm. Mm. And can I say on the other side of that, Ken, to, to us, regulars come in and they go out and we don't know where they go. We don't know where they live. I don't right. know. You know what I mean? They exist in this, this vacuum, this bubble. And so for for us to see through you how important we are, we add things to your life. You know, these restaurants are a part of, 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 of your life in New York. And, and, and to give a context to that and see the other sides and say, wait, I'm not, they do know my name. I, I, they do take me with them. I am a part of their, their dinner, even though I'm not. Actually, when you get Ken's and Greg's and we actually are. And can I have to say, I think that really was something that kept me going. You know mm. what I mean? To be like, okay, we, we're not invisible. We don't only exist for two hours. Like right. we were taken with you guys. And, and, and that's kind of, that was kind of cool. Yeah. It, yeah. It really gets, it really gets you thinking about specifically you were saying about how New York is, is such a restaurant city and it's, um, you know, they say that you can feel like as lonely as anybody could possibly feel in a in a city like New York because it's it's so full of people, but it can be really hard to find places to connect with other people. Um, so yet again, like a testament to the specialness of the regular server relationship, even though sometimes it can be odd and there can be questions and, and things like that. Because it it started as a poem and you can definitely pick up on the sort of epic poemness of it. It reminded me of, um, uh, Dunya, what's that one? Uh, Queenie was a blonde, um, wild party. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh, it reminded me in the way that it sort of, uh, was conversational and colloquial, but still sort of heightened and epic. Um, what was shaping that, uh, into a more narrative, um, uh, production like um, really really interesting and ongoing um it started off as a one-woman show mm -hmm. and um then became a three-character play and so there was more dialogue going on and then in the short film there were 40 actors 
doing the roles. So it was, let me give a voice to the waitress completely. And then let me give some of that voice to other characters to, to show more of the waitress rather than tell. But I just think in rhyme, it's really just, <laughs> I always have. Um, so it just was pouring literally out of me on the trains home after work, fork work, you know, it's just, it, it's in me. Um, and there is such an implicit musicality to restaurant work as well. There is a rhythm, you put it in, you send, you this, you stay. There is such, so much of that, I think that lived within me during work that it just kind of poured out. Um, but it's hard, it's hard writing dialogue and and changing it and, and, and making it different. But I am really proud of those aspects of this piece because it is really hard to do. And those are my favorite parts of this. You know, it's when the employees are interacting, when the customers are interacting, when it's ping-ponging off of each other um, and you can still hear the internal rhyme. Um, mm -hmm. It's, that's just a really sweet place to be and really unique. And so I love that this piece, that this piece has that. When I received the first script, it it was the film version of it. So there were over 40 people. And I think the first email that I sent out to Diana, like a long time ago was like, uh, we need to rework this so that it, it works for an audio, uh, platform uh specifically because to streamline it where we don't have any of these visual act actions to rely on mm -hmm. it's very intimately in someone's head so um joe agrees uh, for for the viewers who don't know i have a dog named joe there she is um it, so as soon as i said that she's like i got another rendition of it here it is like, yeah, boom. I was like, I have a three person version. Hang on, let me just let you right now. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's so cool. Yeah. How did you approach um, taking the visuals and twisting them and turning them into something that could be told in an audio way? One thing that I will say about this piece is that it lends itself to musicality, like Dee was saying. And there is a natural rhythm to that sort of. Uh, environment, the restaurant environment that I think everyone can kind of relate to because we've all experienced it from one degree to another. Uh, that being said, we're leaning into it more as a as a verbal piece and allowing the rhythm of it to to just transcend the action with mm -hmm. different cues for for specific moments where we are, uh, you know, kind of thrust into this chaotic restaurant scene. Uh, other than that, I, I really wanted to focus the soundscape on it being a love letter to, to the restaurant industry because there are so many other opportunities that we have to highlight this experience using other elements that if we have the opportunity to strip it down, we should really lean into that. And then Morgan is actually a fantastic violinist and she was able to help underscore some of this piece. So we've been able to like use multiple people's talents to help um, accentuate the, the soundscape of it. That's amazing. That's awesome. Morgan, how did you go about coming up with underscoring? So Denya actually gave me some buzzwords for tones of different sections of the piece. Um, and I think those adjectives really helped. I'm not 
I don't fancy myself a composer at all, but I do dabble in improv here and there. And what I really did with each section that I was given was think of a piece that existed that I really liked, mm-hmm. that spoke to whatever was going on, whether it was, oh, waitress is in the weeds right now. What does that sound like? Or for me, what piece would lend itself pretty appropriately right now? And uh, Danya really wanted themes variations on the similar theme so there would be in the weeds minor and then happy more of the love letter here are the specials that i'm ready to work type of thing and i think it's really riffing off of pieces that exist combining them um changing them if i come up with something in my head and sending it off that's so cool i can't wait that's to hear so it cool. it's but- so cool and i have to say it's no coincidence ken morgan and Dunya are all like musical musician people and I do think there's something to that you know it's fascinating well there's definitely musicality to the to the writing as you said like and there's musicality in restaurants in their work yeah there's so much um uh, ambiance that comes from that I'm very curious what in the weeds minor and major sounds like <laughs> <laughs> what a, that's such a that's such a romantic with like a capital r way to approach something that could be mundane you know what i mean not necessarily in the piece but just in in life um it's 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 a very uh it's a very romantic way to approach it which i suppose the piece is in general it's trying it's trying you know mm-hmm. yeah it's so amazing that you guys are featuring this on your podcast. Uh, it is really a dro- joy for us. And I think it is meant to be heard. So this is just really, really exciting. And we just want to thank you guys for all the hard work that you've you've put into this and the attention and your skill set and your mission at Standby for Places. Um, is It's really, really cool to be a part of that. And it's been just a really great experience, honestly. That's You're awesome. Here. I, I agree. It. Thank you, Stanley, for places for employing me sometimes. <laughs> we love it. <laughs> she loves it too. She loves it too. So yeah. considering how musical and lyrical and poetical um, the piece is, was, uh, Dunya, you kind of touched upon this, but I'm curious just from the performers, uh, did you approach performing it in any specific way, considering it was it's a little heightened or how did you go about um, approaching the text? I mean, I kind of was conditioned to approach it as conversational. It's an internal monologue, right? Mm. It's it's my it's what I'm thinking for my particular character. Um, so I tried to almost not think about that, if that makes any sense, and just it it, it is in the text, right? It is there to be heard or not heard, but. In our particular recording of it, I really tried to not think too much about it. <laughs> Is that a terrible answer? <laughs> no, it's no, not. That's a terrific answer. This this piece is very lived in as well. So it's one of those things where you really do have to trust the work. This is all relatable content for everyone involved. So, and the and the words 
do a lot of the heavy lifting for you. The text already has that rhythm inlaid in there. So it's not something that necessarily has to be worked at. And I don't think that um, just from hearing these wonderful players play with the text, it, it came off very second nature. And in certain moments, like there are bold character choices being made because they're bold personalities that are popping in. But other than that, um, it's, it's just kind of, the work lends itself to, to that natural musicality. So it's not something that has to be put upon. It's just something that happened very naturally. Uh, not, to, not to put words in people's mouths, but from what I've been observing as, as the guide in this process, because that's really what I've been as a director here for this particular rendition is, is just a guide to, to the work that's already been done. It's true. Dunya, you've been really helpful in having us just trust our, our own selves, which is, I think, what we do in, in, in service as well. There's a moment. We got to trust it. We're going, you know what I mean? And you really were just like, it is, it's there. It's what you're doing. So just trust that, that it is enough. And I think that that's such a through line to the piece as well. Like what we're doing is enough. What I am is enough. Mm -hmm. But maybe this piece can inspire us all to think more about who who is serving us? What is the lifetime of choices and decisions that brought this person to us at this time? And how can I react to that? It's interesting. So you're, you're um, speaking to the uh, patrons as much as you're speaking to the fellow servers. I think so. I think who I'm really talking to is my guests. Mm. That's, that's, that's who I'm talking to. This is, this is, if you wanted to sit down and talk to me at a dinner table about what I do, this is, this is that, this, you know, yeah, it's, it's to my guests and it is more than a love letter to restaurants. It is a love letter to everyone who has ever sat in my section. It is a love letter to the individual people who I have interacted with under the umbrella of these restaurants. Yes. But it's really about who comes in. I say in the piece, a restaurant can't be anything unless you come in. Mm. And, and I really believe that. I also think like people's restaurant experiences won't be anything unless I come in, right? So there's, there's, there's a lot to that, but um, I'm just so happy that, that we get to share this piece and people get to hear another perspective. That makes me happy too. What's interesting is, is that going to a restaurant is something that everyone can uh, relate to. They have this experience with, right? But this particular perspective is so unique and yet relatable at the same time because people have observed these happenstances happening. Now that it's given a perspective and voice, um, we're able to have a conversation more about what exactly these transactions mean. Uh, which is something that I'm really excited for people to kind of be like, oh, wait, so that's what that is when I'm sitting down at a restaurant and that's what right. that person is doing or that's why that drink is taking so long or what? Oh, okay. I have context now. That's something I never had before, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. When we did this as a play, we put it on at the main stage at Dixon Place in the end, right before the pandemic. And the biggest reactions from the crowd were customers. Yes, exactly what Jenny just said, being like, I didn't know I wasn't supposed to do that, or I didn't know, you know, and it's like, 
as a waitress, I was always looking for the voice of the waitress in the world, right? We're looking for ourselves out there and recognition. And I was like, there are no plays. There are no books. There are no movies. There are no TV shows about what the fuck I'm going through. Like, like, honestly. There's pretty much just waitress, but like, let's be real. That's not about waitressing. I know. It's so great. It's so, so great. It is great. But yeah, but I'm not, not making pies, you know? No, <laughs> yeah. no. But I, I, yeah, 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 yeah. So it's just nice to, to, you're right, to educate people a little bit on, on this experience. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. So let us be it. Let this waitressing play live. I also wanted to say it's when three waitresses get together, we have a lot to talk about. So <laughs> they can be from anywhere in the country, anywhere in the world. You could, Junior's a bartender, Morgan's, you know, we, we get together and this piece was born out of the conversations that me and my friends would have, right? And it was, you know, it's just so funny. We would come to rehearsal and we just gab and there's just so much to be shared. There's so much universality in this mm -hmm. stuff. And yet it's so lonely because at the end of our shift, we're so tired, we don't wanna talk about it anymore. Right. So there is this like, oh my gosh, there's all these other waitresses that I could connect with, but I don't wanna go out till four o'clock in the morning and I'm just gonna keep it to myself, you know? Um, so this was this is sort of a way for other waitresses to live vicariously through this piece and get their rocks off and say their piece, you know? Feel heard, feel seen. Yeah. yeah. Hostesses been, too. Yeah. Tell me about Especially. it. Have you, guys, have you guys all worked as hostesses? Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. That's its own beast, isn't it? Oh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Working the door. When sometimes it's were... great. And sometimes it's really, really hard. Morgan, yeah. you're doing that right now in the West Village, somewhere crazy. Yeah, I'm actually a combination back waiting some days, hosting other days, but days at the door. It's like you come in contact with, you know, it could be a hundred people. It could be 300 people, it could be just 50 people. And especially during COVID, you're like, I am touching a lot of folks. Well, not physically touching. Yeah. Mm. So lots of people are coming into my view. And, um, you know, as a hostess, you really set the tone for their experience sometimes. You know, if there's a wait, they have an attitude. If they don't like their table, there's also an attitude. If just a number of things, they don't like, yeah your tone or whatever, when you greeted them, there's an attitude, the waitress gets that attitude and you're off from there. So hostessing, yes, it is its own, its own beast. <laughs> I, I've always found it really interesting about like the sort of hierarchy of who um, rude customers feel comfortable uh, mouthing off to, for lack mm. of a better word, like mm. they are way more likely to do it to hosts than they are to bartenders. You know what I mean? There's, mm -hmm. for some, and, and servers are somewhere in the middle. Like there's, there's, there's this sort of hierarchy of like, um, people, how, who people feel comfortable, um, being rude to basically. Mm -hmm. A good point. Because, because a host doesn't have a lot of power to turn a person away. They kind of need the manager to do that. But a bartender can be like, I'm not serving you anymore in most cases. Right, Danielle? Oh, yeah. And I love it. That's <laughs> like, oh, when I get to say no, when a patron has given me cause to say no, I love it. I love it. Give it to me. Let me say no to you because you have given me cause. 
I am really, <laughs> I am really trying to make your experience the best that it can possibly be. Because at the end of the day, I want those tips. I want your money. I'm not trying to deceive you. I am not trying to be an asshole. I'm trying to let you have a good time. Uh, just don't be disrespectful or, or I get to say the beautiful word. No. 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 And you're done. <laughs> Since we all work in the, or have worked, I, I, who's to say I'm not going to do it again next week? Who knows? But Seriously. Um, since we've all had plenty of experience, I wonder if uh, we'd be comfortable sharing a couple of restaurant industry pet peeves. And then in the spirit of the piece, um, something we love about it. Oh my gosh. All right, Damn. I'll go last. <laughs> <laughs> you wrote a whole play of it. Yeah. yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> something that's not in the play. <laughs> There's so much in the play. I guess, I guess I can go first. Um, my pet peeve or one of many, I'm sure is when someone explains to me how to make a cocktail. Hmm. I have been doing this for about 10 years. I do not need to know the specs of a margarita. I just don't need, you do not need to explain to me what is in a martini. I probably know more variations of the martini than you can possibly fathom. Do not tell me how to make your drink. Tell me what you would like to drink. Okay, but do you put orange juice in your margaritas? No. Oh, thank God. Why do people do that? I don't know. I know how to make margaritas yes, with triple sec and not agave. I know I've yeah. how to make Cadillacs and I know to use control when we're doing an upper scale tequila. <laughs> <laughs> For anybody just listening, um, she's having a moderate conniption to display how frustrating. <laughs> it's so frustrating. I had someone recently tell me how to make a margarita specifically um, made your dog mad too. Yeah. Oh my gosh. She's so upset on my behalf. It's crazy. Uh, and he was, he told me, he listed off the ingredients as if I didn't know. And I was like, okay, you know, I'm just going to think that this is because of my youthful glow. And you think that I'm like 21 or something. Um, but I, I just looked at him and I was like, okay, I got it. And I made him his drink. And then he decided to tell his friends the specs of the drink. Like, oh, it's a two to one ratio, blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay. Of a margarita? Of a margarita. Remember what happens? I'm always like, do you want to be a bartender? Because like, you, should you come can through. be a bartender. <laughs> like, if you want to make drinks. That's also like telling somebody how a peanut butter and jelly sandwich is made. Like, they're so yes. common. And it's kind of. Yes. Like, point. I don't know what happened in his experiences where he thought it necessary to tell someone else in a brand new transaction how to do this. <laughs> and I know that we are only supposed to do one, but I'm going to do number two. Don't touch Go for people. It. Don't no. touch people. Yes. Don't yeah, touch, don't touch your don't. waitress. Don't touch do your Do not bartender. touch me. Don't touch don't me. Touch. It's literally never yeah. needed. No, so don't. Unless no, and it's not okay. They're on no. fire. And even then, just like pour water on them. You don't need to touch them. 
I used to have a regular, my first job at Allison's Teacup, I won't say her name, but everyone who has ever worked there will know her. And <laughs> she would grab my jewelry. She would like grab my necklace and like pull and be like, oh, I like no. your necklace. No, no, no. This in, yeah, like all the time. Yeah, I don't like that. No, no, there's no need. No. I remember yeah. there was a guy who, uh, this was at a place where me and Junior used to work. Um, there was a guy, there was a family and they'd stacked a bunch of dishes at the end of the table, but some people were still eating. It wasn't my table, but I was going by. So I was going to grab the dirty dishes that were stacked at the end of the table. And I grabbed them and the man grabbed my wrist and shook my hand until I dropped the plates. And he was like, no, don't take those. And I was like, okay. And I went over to the manager and I was like, did you just see that? And they were like, yeah, they don't want us to take the plates. It's happened a couple times already. And I was like, that's crazy that people act like that. That is don't, so. Don't touch me. <laughs> don't yeah. touch me. I don't belong to you. I'm not your no. kid. No. Oh, I'm it's sorry. One, oh, it's fine. Yeah. What's it's a palate cleanser? Okay. Something that I love about working in this industry is I'm always learning something new. There's always something new to be learned. There's always a new whiskey to taste. There's always a new cocktail that's cutting edge. There's always a new dish that mm. someone has come up with. And you're constantly learning whether you're on the job or not, because you have mm. the perspective of how much work goes into certain things. So if I'm going to a restaurant and I'm trying something new for the first time, I'm learning, okay, oh my gosh, this is the flavor profile. This is how they're plating it. This is like, this is how their service is running. I'm, I'm learning something new. It's fantastic. I'm always challenged and I wow. never want to not be challenged by it. Wow. That's really beautiful. That's a really good one. Yeah. Yeah. What a way to, to not get bored and to yeah. not have yeah. something to, to constantly yeah. be inspired by something new. Yeah. And to think that it's worth learning about, that it's worth yeah. investing your own knowledge into what, what you do. Yeah. It's really sweet. They're lucky to have you. Yeah. Thanks. Good one, Dunya. What about you, Morgan? Got a peeve Ooh. or two? You can do two. Dunya, yeah, Dunya set the tone there. Dunya set the tone, so maybe I'll just... Um, okay, so one's a customer gripe, I guess. Um, since hosting is just fresh in my mind, but I don't like... If you don't like your table, fine. Come back to the host stand. If possible, I will reseat you. But I don't like when either servers move a party somewhere else or they take it upon themselves to either add chairs subtract chairs move to another table because i have everything in my head especially mm -hmm. if I'm alone i will reseat them maybe someone else is going to go there use a the server do not see the floor plan that i see nor the guest list the wait list the reservation list and it drives me crazy i see red and i want to start swinging and <laughs> people Amen. Oh, I, absolutely we're from 40 to 35 why the hell did you do that? Someone's about to go to 35 and it was a VIP and you just fucked it all up. Good one. Very, yeah. very good answer. Very good pet peeve. So anyone who's never worked, um, don't, don't, don't add chairs. Don't move it. Don't, I don't care if there were roaches at your table, come back to the front. We'll, we'll reset <laughs> you. We'll we got you. We're professional here. That's why we work here. Mm -hmm. uh, and I guess another one, is when management just doesn't have your back. Oh yeah. Ooh, that's a good one, Morgan. Mm -hmm. um, 
What's an example of that? Well, because, well, what I've started doing, I'll say is customers will complain, ask for the manager. And I just straight up say, they're going to say the same thing that I told you. Because, you know, why set a rule if you are just going to break it and make your own when, like, you know, when you come to enforce it. So if I say, you know, I'm sorry, you can't sit at the back after whatever, 10 o'clock. And the manager's just gonna come up and be like, oh no, that's fine. I'll see you at the back. So why is that rule in place? Why did you tell us to try and enforce that rule if you are not going to enforce that rule? Bam. Not an idiot who doesn't know what they're doing. Wow. So I don't like that at all. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I can tell I you don't like that girl. <laughs> yeah. I mean, man- managers of restaurants is a whole nother thing that we don't touch on in the show at all barely because it is such a bag of tricks but just to that point like I can count the managers that have had my back Morgan like on half of one hand like you know and I've worked at a hundred restaurants and I know who Morgan worked for she worked for the lovely owners of number seven uh, in Fort Greene and you got really lucky just like I did at my first job, like you got really lucky because they did have your back and now that's your standard, but it is going to be so rare to find that. It's, I mean, and it is so, such a disservice to the restaurant because you as a hostess lose your credibility when that happens and that sucks. Why do you, yeah, that's such a good point. Yeah. It makes me not want to do things for you or not for you necessarily, but the, the desire to make this a community in the restaurant amongst the staff just dwindles a little bit because yeah. uh, it feels othering when management has Go. yeah has this power this clear obvious power that they're reminding you that you don't have well and it also when you when it makes you wonder like okay if a safety problem comes up or a line cross comes up are they going to have my back yeah i have i have an example of that actually uh, i don't talk about it much i didn't include it in the show but uh, about three years ago, so right after this show had sort of been conceived, I was managing a restaurant. I allude to it in one of one of the scenes where there's just four women working, okay? Mm-hmm. And very busy restaurant, 10 o'clock Friday night, packed house. And there's a fist fight at the bar between two huge dudes out of nowhere. They're sitting at the bar, packed. There's not an open scene in the restaurant, bam. Blood on the marble bar, glass goes everywhere. I I looked around, there are four chicks working and I was terrified. I was like, anything could happen. I'm defenseless against this situation. I can't kick anyone out. I can't go, this is insane. I have to call the cops. That's Mm -hmm. like what I have to do. But that changed everything for me because I was like, wow. I'm unprotected. There's some things to this show that allude to this sense of we're out there on the floor alone. And it's absolutely true. It is New York City at the end of the day. Anyone can walk through the door. Anything can happen. They can have anything. We live in crazy times right now. And I stopped managing after that because it's it's not worth it to me Mm -hmm. to be totally exposed at my job no matter what mental and emotional shield I might be able to put on on a good day there are like real risks of being in an open space in New York that anyone can walk into at any time 
And that is a reality that I had to learn. And it was a really serious experience. So, you know, that sense of community within a restaurant and upholding those rules and everyone together is so important, Morgan, for those very reasons. So that if anything happens, you're a tight ship. But that was a really telling moment for me where I had to really realize that I'm a very, very powerless yeah. in my job yeah. while I'm working. That's really scary. Yeah. Yeah. Just to end it on a light note. <laughs> well, now it's time for Just... Morgan's palate cleanser. Oh, <laughs> yeah. What's what something love? you love what? about working in restaurants? Uh, money. <laughs> no, that's a that's a fair. Yeah, that's valid, answer. girl. That's valid. <laughs> I think I mean, a, a cuter answer, let's say, is I guess the the network that I've built mm. working so many different restaurants since I moved here. Because um, every single time I've gone to a different place, I've known through someone that I've worked at my previous place, someone mm. else, and then it just has gotten bigger. No matter where I've gone. I was like, oh yeah, you used to work with so-and-so. Oh yeah, I know her, we dance together. Oh, and then it's it just a chain and this network is big. It's every every server knows everyone in this industry. And since I was so green coming and I just didn't realize it and I love the friendships I've made along the way and the circle just keeps getting bigger and bigger and my mutual friend on Facebook keeps going up and up with every new person <laughs> across the people you may know this. So I think that's really beautiful that um, I don't have to keep chapters of my life so separate anymore. It's like, oh yeah, that was my high school friends. Oh yeah, these are people I know from college. Oh, these are people I know from New York, but New York is all just, it's one big pool now because of mm. rest. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> it's not so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I always say you never know why you work at a place. You know, there's been so many places I hated working, but met a best friend for life at. Yeah. And that is a real, a real thing and a real trade-off. Honestly. Very much. The worst yeah. jobs. I'm like, I I walked in the door to meet you, dude. That's what this was about. Let's quit and get another job. And like, you know, but yeah. that is it's so, it's so cool. You just never know. It's a bunch of people who would never be in a room together. And we're in a room together 10 hours a day. It's, it's just, there's just nothing like it. And there's the Venn diagram of like artists and the restaurant industry and how um, we're all in the arts and all have experience in the restaurant industry. There's such a, a cross section that it can help you not network in the sort of capital N way, but like it can help you meet like-minded people who are in a similar place in their life as you. Exactly. And, and, and who are performative in mm -hmm. the same way that you are, you know, theater and service have so much overlapping and you can't do it alone. And it is a collaborative effort and it is you're on and you're off and you're on and you're off. Mm -hmm. So, you know, kind of going in that everyone you're around has that in some way working inside of them. And if yeah. they don't, they better get out. <laughs> <laughs> Bam. Get out of here. Bam. Back of house. <laughs> what are, uh, what are, what are, what is or are your one or two pet peeves? I have so many. They're all in the show. <laughs> They're all in the show. <laughs> They're all in the show. You'll have to They're... listen to it to find out. I know, <laughs> really. Yeah. 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 I think so. Um, 
don't like keep talking when your server comes to your table and starts talking to you. Like it's rude. Like that is rude. Like stop talking. I've approached, I exist. And like, put your fucking conversation on hold for two seconds. It is so rude. Yeah, we're human people. (laughs) Honestly, and I've got a whole, I've got a lot to do here. Like work with me. Like I've come to your table. You have to look up and shut up. Like that's it. So I really, I really think that is fucked up because they're literally at a restaurant and like they can't do anything without me. So it's like, you and then know, belligerent when you give them a minute, keep trying to be considerate, and then they're like, oh, "Excuse me, we're ready to order." Like oh. I know, always. <laughs> yes. Well, I just shut the hell up for two seconds. I can take it. Yeah. 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 yeah I hate that. And I think in in restaurants in general, um. I have said hello and goodbye to thousands and thousands of people. And I really just don't appreciate it when I go somewhere and nobody says hello or, or goodbye to me. Mm. Like as a, just a general, like it happens so much. It's just, it's really the hello too. That really, really gets me. But um, just cause I've greeted so many people genuinely genuinely being like hello how are you and like just to walk in a space and not have that sometimes it makes me just want to walk out mm. it's that's interesting. valid one one from the patron side and one from the yeah I try side. to think about a lot of things from the patron side mm. I say this in my show but I didn't go out to eat a lot so I kind of think about like oh if I was at the table like what would I want what are all the things I would want yeah. you know yeah that's a good one. You have a, a something you love about it that you know isn't the thesis of your piece. Uh, <laughs> um, it's okay if it is too. It's a very there's a I, there's a I, lot covered. Yeah, I mean, I think it is the closest thing um, to like being on stage mm. I, uh, that I have. I really treat it as an acting class. I take a few breaths before every shift and I'm like, all right, like I'm just totally here to react to whatever comes. And yet through that, I find I learn so much about myself. So it really is a job where it is all about my table. And yet it has to come from me first. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that makes any sense, but it's a job where I'm like not thinking about myself at all or my needs. Cause I have to put that on hold for you. But by me putting away my needs, it's actually giving me more insight into what I maybe do need. If you know, yeah, for me, for me. And that's what kind of led me here. It's like, Oh wait, these are the things I need. I need to to, to talk about it. I need to write about it. I need a sense of community with other waitresses. I mean, ideally, I would love to take the show on the road over the country and pull up different waitresses and have sort of like, you know, a vagina monologues type microphone setting where it's universal. Come up and tell me. And then at the end of that story, I bet you know something more about yourself, right? It's about our own experiences and who the fuck we are. And that's how we water your glass. And that's how we pour your wine. And if you want to know more, just ask me, just ask me, you know? Yeah, that's relatable. 
Mm-hmm. That's really relatable. You do learn a lot about yourself on this job and it is because you're putting other people first. Yeah, because you're not thinking about yourself. And in New York, and where we have to think about ourselves all the time, especially as artists, right? it's like, no, let me shine by reflecting off of you. And that goes to say also, if you're, if you're an asshole customer, it's like, let me let you be that. Like, it's clear that that's what you are. God, I would always just like look around my restaurant and be like, is anyone, are you guys, is anyone seeing this? Like, are, like any, you know? Yeah. Um, it needs to be born witness too. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. good thing you wrote a play. <laughs> well, yeah. Bam. Yeah. Well, good thing that people are reading it and we can give it life and breathe new waitressing stories into it and create a community through this podcast and through Instagram of waitresses who have things to say and who knows the life that it could be. It could be a major collaborative writing piece that no one's seen. I mean, there's just, I feel the possibilities are endless. So it's been really exciting to work with you guys. That's so thrilling. That's really exciting. When, when does the episode air? I believe it airs November 3rd, the day after um, Dee's film premiere. Yeah, you can follow me on at Waitresses of NYC on Instagram for all updates on films and podcasts and radios and any waitressing stories you have uh, as a customer or a server. We would really love to hear from you. Bam. I will be DMing you all of the stories, material coming through your way. Please, momentito. Yes, Junia has good material. Let me I know you. she's the best. Oh, and I, I bet Morgan, something tells me Morgan does too. Oh, I believe it. I'm very excited for everybody to get a chance to listen to this amazing piece. Like I said, like it really had me thinking about my own experiences in the industry in a completely different way and uh, I found it very inspirational and lovely Um, and there's amazing descriptions of delicious food that you want to eat so that too (laughs) yes Um, Mm -hmm. uh, so it premieres on November 3rd the day after the film premiere double whammy very very exciting do you guys have before we go anything you want to plug let us know your Instagram handle any any upcoming things you want to let us know about well, I would like to thank Ken for, for stopping in for as long as he did. It was amazing to get to, to work with him as well and to hear a patron's uh, perspective on this dynamic that we all kind of share in. So shout out to him. Shout out to Ken. He did if if you if uh he, he did have to go halfway yes. through. Um, but it was lovely having him. Yeah. I will say he is a super talented actor. He's worked at the public theater uh, on and off Broadway on television he's so so talented and his his instagram is (laughs) kbnyc morgan what's your handle i am morgan wardlaw so it's my first and last name you can find me there i have a lot of music videos on there if you would like to check those out doing a lot of violin doing some basing um on there so yeah check out my music more acting coming at you soon stay tuned folks bam and all of these handles will be listed at the end as credits for this video so if you guys are like hey you know what i didn't catch that do i need to pause the video girl it's at the end you can you'll You'll be fine you'll you'll be don't hey hey relax it's gonna be okay (laughs) 
Shh, shh. Oh, Sidra, I really like you. What's your deal? Don't speak. <laughs> what's, what's your story before we go? Me? You're talking yeah. to me or the listener? Oh, I thought you were talking to the listener. I'm, I know. I'm Alex. I am a performer at Standby for Places, among other things. I'm currently doing, I'm in rehearsal for a Sherlock Carol at New World Stages. Come okay. see it. Um, oh. And my Instagram is Alexandra Wide Eyes. But hey, it's okay. You don't have to memorize these. They're going to be written down. It's going to be fine. <laughs> um, you guys, thank you so much for joining us today. This was so much fun. And again, it's like so fun to get together with other people who have been waitresses and like, that's what it is. Dish about it. It's that's so what it fun. is. Let's, let's make a thing about that. Yeah. Let's we'll dish. Do this, we'll do this in person with beverages. I'm really sorry. Listeners, you guys aren't invited to that one, but it's no, it's no, no. Um, but, uh, I love it. <laughs> Unless you want to come, you know, or like, if, like you work somewhere and you want the four of us to come to you. And so that there you bar, go. DM yeah. us, let us know. Yeah. We will be immaculately well-behaved and we will tip well because we know <laughs> That's how our to concept. Yeah. Yes. Waitresses going out to eat. I love mm -hmm. it. Yep. I, I smell a sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, tune in on November 3rd to listen to On the Table. And uh, thank you guys so much. Thank you. Bye, guys. Thank you. Thank you.